0: This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Thursday, it's the 14th of September, 2023. Coming up, we'll be looking at all of the big events happening next week.
1: More tech!
2: You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Breeze. Hey, Sean
0: Breeze, how are you today? Da-da, da-da-da-da. I'm Da-da, da da,
2: da, 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 da. i am da, 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 da. excellent today, Stephen Scott. More importantly, how are you? Oh, in myself?
1: In myself?
2: Yes. How, how are you? Wow. How are <laughs> you? It's the big day.
0: It, it is. It's the big day. Uh, that's not the one I meant. That one. Yeah, Breaking that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: Breaking news.
0: <laughs> Still getting used to this new studio. Uh, I've yeah. got my new. I've got my old microphone back, which I have to say, it feels so nice. Hello, old friend. Hello. A little ASMR for you here. I'm just uh. going to... Oh, that's nice, isn't it? That's
2: nice. That's a nice Neumann, is it? It's a nice noise. Uh. That's what it is. It's a nice noise. Well, to go along with that, my neighbour has decided just this second to start cutting his grass so well uh, done well done thank you 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 gotta look after
0: your lawn right because yes well done because i i told someone the other day thank you i I told (sighs) someone the other day that i had artificial grass and you know if the person was allowed to spit at me they probably would have
2: it's the future i'm all astroturfed out i believe they call it yeah artificial grass is the future although i did notice Weeds are growing around the outside edge of my artificial You can't stop nature.
0: No, absolutely Unfortunately. No, I I wish you could. <laughs> I've tried all kinds. Uh, you know, it's interesting because we have for some reason right now we have an an abundance and oh. I'm saying it, an abundance Say it again. of sp- abundance. Nice one. Of spiders.
2: Oh, and yes. spiders'
0: webs everywhere. Like I can't leave my house without being trapped. I think it's actually just one giant spider's web that covers my entire house.
2: It's like an Indiana Jones film in this <laughs> shed. It is. I'm absolutely covered in cobwebs. You're absolutely. What's going on, spiders? I'm a guinham. It's Let's taken get rid. over.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's well, Do you know what you can? There's a way to do it and humanely. Before you all start writing
2: in, uh, I had one of those things you plugged in that was meant to repel them. Right. Um, didn't, didn't seem to work. But hey, I don't know.
0: Well, I, uh, I have a solution to this. And it comes in the form of it's really simple, actually. And I did not know this. Uh, and of course, there's always ways. It always makes me laugh, right? Whenever you look for a solution, there's always a solution that costs a lot of money. But when you actually look at the ingredients of said whatever it is, oh, you realize it's actually quite simple. Is and this it, some sort of potion? Well, Are it we is. A bit Harry Potter. Sort yes. of. Yeah. It's mint. They don't. Spiders don't like mint. Ah, a packet of extra strong mints then. Easy. Stick one
2: everywhere, and you'll okay. be fine. Ah, well, thank you very much. I, I do you know what? I'm absolutely petrified of spiders. Are you? But yeah, well, as a you know, as a bonus, as a uh, silver lining, since I've lost my sight, I'm not so worried. Doesn't matter. Yeah, but, they, but, they, but they crawl over. I actually had one crawl over my leg the other day. I thought it was quite nice. I feel yeah. like oh little
0: spider. No, well, you're just, weird. But I did have a little chat with that. I said, please, whatever you do, you can crawl around all day, all night. Just don't start spinning any yarn around here because I'm oh, not interested.
2: That's that's very good. Can we just say we started off on saying it's your big day? Should we uh, should we explain that, or should we continue talking about spiders <laughs> and grass? But I, I thought that was a useful tip. Don't you? No, it's very Mint. good, very handy. I will try that. I don't know how. Can you just buy... You can buy a spray, which is uh, children, pet,
0: and sort of spider-friendly. It can spider-friendly. Well, it's not spider-friendly because... Well, it is spider-friendly in the sense that it's not going to harm the spider. The spider will smell it and go, nah, no thanks, and walk away. All right, I'm going to try that. I
2: will keep you
0: informed of my web situation. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Yeah. what were we talking about? So, yes, we... (laughs) big day today yeah it's a big day breaking news breaking news again it's a big day <laughs> you know we circle back eventually uh because
2: it's the launch of this this fall the creators of double tap tv bring you a brand new series about technology and accessibility introducing access tech live with familiar faces Stephen scott and Marka Flower. Hello.
0: we've been listening to our audience and we believe that we've created a show That's That me. our audience is going
2: to love Ooh.
0: Being able to connect with the audience Live in real time Is
2: going to be amazing la, 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 Access Tech Live A new weekly one hour show Featuring the latest news as it happens Hands on reviews And special guests from the world of tech Access Tech Live Is going to be your opportunity to get involved With live chat and feedback so you can join the conversation Access Tech Live Coming this fall to AMI-tv and streamed online to, well, everywhere.
0: There you go. That is our new show. Uh, and I know I know what you're well, thinking. No. I know what you're thinking, right? Heard Who all this that? before. I've heard all this before. You say you're going to talk about tech, <laughs> Stephen Scott. And uh, then, you know, we end up talking spiders about spiders and, and mint. Yes. Yeah. Which is still, could, I think, a fantastic tip. You if just if put some mint on the windowsill, right? All right, that's control. enough. I'm
2: just saying. If you can kick off your first Ever live TV show we ever talk about spiders and grass, I'll be impressed. I don't think Mark would stand for it. Do you know the thing is right on the TV side? And this is no, uh,
0: this is no. I'm basically going to slaughter my own career here by saying this, but you know, uh, here uh, here uh, on radio, uh. it's a little bit. I us just say there's less people involved, right? And it's yes. I've never known so many people to work on a single project in my life. Yeah, I feel you- I feel exposed. I feel this is the moment I'll be found out. This don't, is
2: don't, it. Imposter syndrome. Everyone has it. You're absolutely. You are a professional. You're a media darling, Stephen Scott. We all know it. You're going to be great. But I, I do like to say. Um, but Wait, no, how, no, can like how can we tune in? How can we tune in? Did they just told I, I want you? To watch. You watch yeah, AMI I TV. Yeah, I, I don't get AMI TV Street, here in the shed. Stream it online. On online where? An internet near you. AMI.ca? Could you go there and
0: stream? I, I, I don't this is the thing right there's so many okay. people involved that i i need to ask someone because i don't know how it works you see we i do radio right? i just sit here and, and do my little radio thing and then people take this and then they put it onto Make the air things happen. and 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 it somehow gets from from my little room here and your little shed yep. there to the world to the world i Hello, don't world. really understand how it works but, you know, that's a nuts and bolts issue for me. I don't really get into it. It involves, I okay. think, some kind of technology. Uh, yeah. I'm just guessing. But anyway, just the follow, point is- follow it will on be, social
2: media. Yeah, follow us on social
0: media at Access Tech Live, uh, wherever you get your social media, uh, good and bad, named, unnamed, renamed, whatever it is, you'll probably find us <laughs> on there. Uh, but yeah, we're on there today. Uh, it starts midday. Actually, it starts at the same time, right? It's on right now. It's actually on right now as we speak on AMI Audios. This broadcasts for the first time. Hang on. I'll be on TV. Who am I talking to, then? You're talking to the... uh, This is the bit, isn't it? Which one are you talking to? Are you talking to the real me? The clone you. Or the TVB? Which one are you talking to? That's the question. The clone Scots. This is weird. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm, I'm spawning. Who's in charge of scheduling here?
2: How <laughs> dare Going up against Axex yeah. Tech Live. Oh, this, this is ridiculous. I'm blaming him.
0: I'm blaming him. I think <laughs> I think he's trying to kill this show. I really do. I think he's trying to kill us. I say, say, you know what? We'll, we'll kill these ratings. <sighs> anyway. It's going to be great. Check it out. Yeah. Noon Eastern every Thursday on AMI TV and across social media. I think we're aiming to, and I, I think I'm right in saying this, that we're aiming to be on YouTube as well. So it, we should be broadcasting live there. So details to follow, just keep an, an ear out and an eye on uh, Access Tech Live across social media. And if you're outside of Canada, you can catch us there. But if you're in Canada, AMI TV, get your TV tuned in by oh, well pressing done. the button to get you yeah. to the oh, channel. You don't tune in anymore, no, dear, really. it's, it's a shame, bad. isn't it? I used to love that, you know. Whoosh, whoosh. The vertical shift going
2: up and down. Yeah, oh, those are the yeah. days. Black and white, much easier mm-hmm. to see. No one knows what we're talking about. Anyone under 50. Sorry. God, really?
1: <laughs> is oh, God, this is like, oh
0: dear.
2: Wow. Anyway, uh, we do have some good guests
0: coming up tonight uh, on the show today. I keep saying tonight because it's tonight for me, but yeah. it's not. It's midday. Uh, it's going to be airing. So of, today, now, now. now, at this yeah. moment. Uh, in fact, if you're listening to this on the podcast on Saturday, you've missed it. So there you go. <laughs>
2: God we're on it. We are so informed. I am so sorry Mr. Um, F. We're but, trying our best. But
0: coming up on the I'm I'm not the best promotion person to be. They don't they don't, they don't involve me in any marketing conversations. Can you it's, it's believe not that? Our department. We don't do PR. And well clearly, yeah. It's very <laughs> obvious. Our promos. Yeah. Our <laughs> promos basically insist of, we will do things, hopefully, maybe. But there's no guarantee, and uh, there's no money back if you don't like it. So, you know. Right,
2: right. let's get on to tech.
0: Here we uh, go. Yeah, but anyway, just quickly to say, on the show, Shelley Brisbane, of course, she's fantastic, the woman who literally wrote the book on iOS accessibility uh, with her book, iOS Access for All. She is joining us to talk all about the Apple event this week. And uh, Stephanie Cadieu, who is uh, Canada's first ever chief accessibility officer. Which is quite a grand title. Now, you will know of Stephanie if you're in Canada, and you'll certainly have heard her here, uh, because you might remember she she appeared live with us when we were in Vienna. She was in Vienna, and I I, had been in touch with her back and forth, and I had been texting her back and forth, saying, hey, look, we'd love to interview you. Do you want to come on the show? And she said, yeah, no problem. We were in the middle of a show, and she appeared she just turned up and she just she just joined in she grabbed the headphones she joined in i love the fact like you've it. forgotten this you were there
2: Ooh, i wasn't there I yes hadn't forgotten you were, it. You, were t- you were asking her questions i was not there oh was i okay yes. i thought it was great and yeah, she's a <laughs> vip you're starting off with the big guns for the tv well done oh it's so so funny how you work so so far your, your memory is gone I'm an old man oh
0: dear but uh, yeah so it's going to be a great show looking forward to it check it out and do let us know what you think and of course uh, even though Access Tech Live is on AMI TV every week doesn't change anything here on Double Tap Sean and I are still here sorry yeah sorry about that <sighs> Anyway, uh, to the tech. Oh. And yes, there is some big breaking news today.
2: Breaking news. Oh, again. Breaking More breaking news. news. Yeah, I'm
0: getting really used out of it. I haven't used it in a few days. So it felt uh, appropriate to get my use out of it. Uh, so Amazon are holding a big event
2: October, no, not October 4th. September 20th, they're holding an event. Oh, yes. I love Amazon events. I love them. It's just a, a slew, an avalanche of tech. Love I love slew. them. Love a slew.
0: Yeah, I love yes. a slew. And it, well, I, I'm not sure this year. I think they're getting a little bit shy. Yeah, because remember last year, year they, they didn't yeah. do much last year. The year before, it was like, you know, here's 100 items. Yes, some uh, smart socks. Some yeah, like that's like glasses yeah. we never saw coming Ring, or ever again. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Amazon Ring. That disappeared without trace very uh-huh. quickly. Uh, But yeah, I, I think this year it might be a little bit more conservative in its approach. I think it's probably going to be some new echoes. Maybe new studios. I don't think they've updated the studios other than color. So we might get something new there.
2: Yeah, It feels like they, they are they're needing a bit of a refresh.
0: Yeah. And I know there's a lot of issues around tech and, 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 and you know, around the getting access to stuff and all that. I know that's still an ongoing issue. But even so, you would have think they'd be able to come up with some new stuff. But we'll, we'll see. I think the big focus, the big focus for me has to be AI. But I don't know if it will be this year. That's. I mean, I think they're going to talk. They will, of course, talk about Lady A and her improvements this year. Whatever that they will be, but it feels like we're about a year out from an, an announcement on some kind of link to GPT or you know OpenAI or even their own model, which I think they're working on.
2: I I I fear you are absolutely right. I'm hoping that there'll be a big bombshell dropped that hey. Here's the new voice assistant, a next gen, and it's going to be AI-based and you can have a natural human-like conversation. Uh, I doubt it, but that would be the dream. But I think you're right. There's a lot of um, catching up before we get to that point. But as I said, it does feel like the voice assistant, the Echo voice assistant, needs a refresh. It is starting to feel its age now, just like Siri did or does.
0: Oh, still does. Absolutely. I mean, Siri still feels very out of touch.
2: It's still better, though, right? If iOS seventeen with the um, the new improvements, it does feel and dictation does feel slightly better. It's been the only thing I think is better, to be honest, I think dictation
0: is good. I still, I still think sometimes it's not. You know, it's supposed to be a smart assistant, and I say, "Call Sean Priest," and it asks me how I want to contact you.
2: Yes, but and it I'm does thinking, seem well, to I just learn want to
0: contact you, right? I mean, it's, it's like you've only got one number,
2: so yeah, guess what? I'm going to call that, that one. WhatsApp or do you want to message or do you want to phone? Now every time I message you, it goes directly through WhatsApp. It doesn't ask me anymore because it knows I use that mainly. So I need to say, I message Stephen Scott. Ah, I
0: see. That's a bit rubbish.
2: It's a bit picky. Well, Mm -hmm. it's learning, Stephen. Give it a chance.
0: (laughs) Don't like learning. Um...
2: (laughs) Sorry. Okay.
0: <laughs> no. I've just listened. I've been, I've done brew class this week. And um, yeah, we didn't get a chance to talk much about that yesterday. But honestly, that was, that was unbelievable. Yes. I, I felt so out of it completely. And I'm thinking the dog is definitely eating the homework because I am, I have no idea what I'm doing. I feel I need a, I need about a six month course before I can go to the next class. And I don't Do- think I'm going to cram that in by Tuesday.
2: Joking aside, though, that's that's not good, right? Because if you start to feel like I'm out of my depth already, mm. then it does put you off. You don't feel like you're going to be able to catch up. So
0: I think it's because they started at a certain point, And a, a lot of it is to do with a lot of people joining these courses are Braille readers who are trying to catch up with unified English Braille as opposed to the standard English Braille. We're it's moving across. away from standard English to UEB, and it's a bit different. So there's a lot of people who want to learn the new commands, what's changed. And even in the conversation, well, hang on, why why is this not spelled this way with this command? Because we don't use that command anymore. And I'm thinking, I don't even know what any of you people are talking about. So, mm. you know, it's going to be an interesting one when I go back on Tuesday. it. The, no, I stick am sticking with it. I will it. stick Stand with on. it. I will stick with it because I want to do it. And, you know, I will say this. The weirdest thing was about that whole Braille class, mm. when we were doing the reading, I was going through it and realizing that a lot of this was... Grade, I mean, the whole sentence, the, the whole page was, was grade too. And I'm reading it, and I was actually able to read along. I was actually reading it, and I'm like, I've got this. I've actually, I mean, not all of it. There was a lot of it. I'm like, I don't get what that is at all. Yeah, but so most of it, that. I was like, actually, that's okay. And this is the thing, right? I think this is an important part of Braille learning. And we, a few of us in the group said this, that really what learning Braille should be about is understanding the structure of the word, in the the Braille form. So don't really get hung up too much on the letters or on the individual um, cells, but actually on the the shape of a word. That's what you want to try and learn. Really? Yeah, because if you focus on that, then it means you can skim read a lot quicker. And there's certain parts you might not get, but that's okay because you're getting the context. Context is actually, for some people, more important than the learning of every single letter and every single bit. You'll pick up more of it as you go along. But to get reading and to get reading fast, you need to skim read. And when you read visually, when you skim read, you don't read every single letter of every word and every single letter in a
2: sentence. That's true. You skip I over a lot. Each word does have its unique shape. Yeah, I've never thought about it like that. That's that's really interesting. And
0: actually, this is the value of the Braille classes because you get yeah. to talk to people who are using it every day. Who are actually, you know, the, the the class teacher? She totally, you know, she's using this, has used it since day one, pretty much, it was since she was at school. And the same with other people on the course. Some people who've lapsed from Braille, and you know, they're coming back and they're giving us, you know, their perspectives. And I think that actually is the most important bit. That's to me, that's the best bit of the course because you get those little nuggets. So then you you don't feel so bad when you miss something, because and they, when, especially feel. when they miss it as well. Yeah. No, that's really cool. Anyway, we're talking about the Amazon event. How did we end up there? So, uh, yeah, so the Amazon event. uh, So, well, there's one product we know about. There's there's talk of a new AI, which is going to be used. Although I think we heard about this before. This was an AI that's coming out to uh, help write product descriptions. It's supposed to make it easier. And I think also product reviews as well. So the idea is it can take these product reviews and it can give you a more, you know, quicker. Rather than reading through a thousand reviews, it will give you an overall... Um, description of what you know
2: a synopsis yeah, some, if you, you will know,
0: majority of people ah, thought this yeah. was absolute garbage um, two people said they liked it you know that would be enough for me right
2: Well, can they write uh, an algorithm to detect the fake reviews uh, because mm. it drives me absolutely and do you know what else it is I was looking through Amazon the other day uh, by oh, the, way, French, I bought a... the French store yes uh, absolutely I bought a fingerprint scanner for my uh, laptop we'll, Did we'll, you? we'll get on to that uh yeah i've gone biometric baby um <laughs> but the, the point is i was reading through the reviews and some of the reviews weren't even for that particular product it was for oh, oh i love yeah. you know, this has got four gig well, hang on no it no that's something else uh, it, it's just it i rely on the reviews the first thing i do is read the description well read the price, and then the description, and then I swipe down to um, the reviews. Because it's really important to get, you know, and there's some information sometimes in there that you might get that you don't get in the description. But if you can't trust reviews, what then? Who can you trust? Exactly right.
0: Yeah, I must admit, I I agree with you on that, that the reviews can be really, I mean, I remember buying something and it was maybe, it's often when you have multiple items or either different colors, or different sizes, or different
1: yeah, models, yeah, or something. Yeah,
0: yeah. It will it will often pick out on one. You know, it's almost like it's picking one product in that whole list. So let's say it's a I don't know a printer or something. Yeah, but there's different. Let's say it's a color, or one's a black and white, one's a laser, one's an inkjet. They've just kind of bundled it all into one. So the reviews might talk about the laser but you're wanting to buy the inkjet, you're not getting Absolutely the reviews right. for that, and that can be a problem yeah. as well. But anyway, the, so the, the, maybe this will fix it. I, I don't know. I don't know, because it's all about the data in, I think is, is the biggest problem. But anyway, uh, the one product we do know about is from Ring. So this is uh, an Amazon-owned company now. Uh, but Ring, of course, we all know from the doorbells. Uh, well, that is uh, there's a new product coming. This is the weirdest product. Uh, it's a pet it tag accessory. that will help reunite lost pets with their owners. Now, you might think, well, that's good. That's good. Of course that's good. Great idea. Um, So it says Amazon-owned Ring is launching a new pet tag accessory that is designed to help reunite lost pets with their owners. Now, the accessory essentially puts a QR code on your pet's collar that can be scanned in order to help get them back home if they're ever lost. Now, once you've scanned the code, the code will notify you that your lost pet's tag has been scanned. Scanning the code will display the information that you have logged in your pet profile, such as health conditions that can help someone who may find your pet best understand your pet's immediate needs. Getting home would be the first one, I'd have thought. Uh, but, uh Yeah, it says if you've opted into the Contact Me feature on the pet's pet profile, the person who finds your pet can engage in two-way communication with you to facilitate the return of your pet.
2: Right, I am so confused right now. Um, does the ring doorbell scan the QR code, or are we just talking about you just grab your phone and scan? Because you could do that anyway. Uh huh. Okay, thanks. Well done. That's so what this, I like. So this
0: is this is a pet collar with yeah. a QR code printed on it,
2: which you could. Do yourself. You could get anyway. What 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 is the Amazon ecosystem connection? I was thinking there. That's that... what I was
0: thinking as well. I thought I thought it may have some, some something to do with ring doorbells, or you know, yeah. like, like the like the AirTag approach, where you know the signals bounce off a uh, you exactly know different devices. Right. Yes, and but it's, it's important say... to note that the accessory does not have any GPS features, so the accessory alone cannot be used to geolocate a lost pet. The pet tag, instead, essentially. Replaces a pet collar that lists your personal information in wow. order to get contact with whoever finds your pet. Also known, by the way, <laughs> as a
2: pet collar. Well, why? I, I mean, I don't feel the need to replace my uh, my dog's name tag on his collar, you know, which engraved with his name and our telephone number with a QR code. Surely that just puts another obstacle in the way. Well, the whole thing here is.
0: About privacy, I guess, because what they're saying is the pet tag shields your number so that you can use the pet profile for them to contact you. So they oh, don't see your details, see. but they can still contact you. That's about the only upside to this I can see.
2: Well, and obviously gonna... it
0: does have your notes about health conditions or anything else. Um, <sighs> yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, right? So, yeah, this is going to be available to pre-order for nine ninety nine dollars US in start. Uh, starting on, uh, what is it? Well, from now, you actually can pre order it now from ring.com and amazon.com and begin shipping to customers on October
2: 4th. This is the most confusing news item I've ever heard. See, you I, think I, you're I, talking tech with it, right? You think, oh, it's rings, so it's tech and it's I stuff. I do not understand it's,
0: that. It's not tech, it's just a QR code on a collar. You could you can fashion that, that must yourself.
2: Exist. That must exist already, surely. And you will probably able to buy it from Amazon, is <laughs> the irony about the whole thing. Okay. I must say, I have got back into my Ring doorbell lately. There was a period there where the connection seemed to be so flaky that the, 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 trying to talk to someone through it, it was just, you know, you lost every other word. Yeah. Um, that seems to have got a little bit better now. I'm still not happy, I'll be honest, with the Ring app on iOS at least. No. Uh, I don't think it's the most user friendly, let alone accessible thing in the world. It's, it's not great, but having the smart speaker and just being able to say, you know, Lady A, answer the front door, I have started to use that again, and the connection does seem more reliable. It is really handy.
0: So we've got the Microsoft event next week as well, twenty um, first. That's going to be happening, and I don't know what we're going to expect. There, there is certainly this is the point where we would see new Surface. Tablets, I guess. So, what would that be? The Surface Pro 10? We're up to now. I think. So. Oh,
2: is it 10? Yeah. yeah, something
0: like that. Yeah. yeah. Why well, wow. would it called X? Because everything else is called X when it gets to 10. So, Surface
2: Procs. Yeah. Surface said, Procs. Yeah. Now right. you've got one of these, though, right? I've never had a Surface Pro tablet. Mm. Um, I, I know a couple of people that do have them, and they absolutely love them. So, I mean, they're powerful I, yeah. bits of kit.
0: I I don't know how I feel about this machine. I I think the issue for me is the keyboard. I don't love the keyboard. It really puts me off. And it's funny because like you, I know so many people, especially blind people, who yep. have these and rave about them. Love yep. them. And I just I, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe they use them as desktops at home, don't travel with them. I just find them really unwieldy. Especially with that whole kickstand. I mean, I was on a train and it pretty much took up the entire table in front of me. So the person normally when you're on a train, if there's a if there's a seat where there's four people, you know, you get four people, two facing each other. You're both maybe sitting with laptops. It's okay if you've got a little laptop, especially for me because I can just fold my screen forward. I don't care about the screen, right? So I just fold the screen forward and I'm just typing away. Yeah. But you know, another person can have their, you know, MacBook or laptop or whatever they've got. But with the Surface Pro,
2: it takes up the whole space. Hi, how, how, how big is your? If you got the 55 inch version, how yes, does that? That's exactly right. You got the you got with a the kickstand folio, I believe it's called keyboard. Right? So that Uh, takes up a little bit of space. For your keyboard.
0: Kickstand then out the back as well. So the whole thing's leaning back. Mm. Yeah, it's quite... But anyway, I I, I just... I don't know. I I often feel... You can buy... And you can buy cases for them. Don't get me wrong. You can buy cases where you can essentially embody all of that into one unit. So you don't even have to open the kickstand. You you know, stands have got built-in kickstands on them. So you can buy cases on Amazon and stuff that would do that. But I will say it's the most powerful computer I've used. Uh, it's because it is. It's just a fantastic computer. If you want to know what the best of Microsoft is, it's like the Google Pixel, right? To me, that's the best Android can be.
2: Yes, it's the yeah. same
0: with Surface. That is absolutely true. I think I wish I had got a Surface laptop, um, and I, because some of the Surface laptops, there's a 14 inch one I saw. I really liked. Gotta say though, got hands on with the um, Samsung. Let me get this right, Galaxy Book Three. And it's a 13.3 inch laptop. Nice. And it is stunningly nice. It's really? so small, but it's it's got all the right keys. Got an insert key. Woo-hoo! Woo! Insert key. Um <laughs> that is a winner for me, because again, Surface Pro, no insert key. Mm, if they change that in the next one, I would be interested. But um, yeah, no insert key. I doubt that'll ever come back to Surface, to be honest. No, forget it. But um, yeah, the the Samsung Galaxy Book 3, really nice. I we're talking in pounds, it was fourteen hundred pounds. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Beefy machine, i seven processor, sixteen gig RAM, one terabyte SSD, all inside this really neat little package.
2: Very you're light, for that very, package.
0: Ve- well, exactly, and touchscreen. Yeah. And this is the other thing: you're buying a touchscreen with these devices. The same with Surface Pro, and that that puts me off a little bit as well, because again, I'm, I feel I'm spending money on something that I don't need. Never going to use a touchscreen. That's true yeah that's why i always revert back to my little lenovo because i can hit the screen as much as i like by accident it doesn't make any difference
2: (laughs) that's true yeah i don't know i I always like the microsoft uh, event it's hardly the um, sexiest tech event in the (laughs) calendar but um there's always interesting hardware in there even if it's um slightly at a certain price tag I, i think microsoft do a good job with their hardware as you said yeah i think they do
0: The the hardware is excellent. I mean, it is is built well. It is solid. I mean, to me, it's very Mac-like in its approach.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Solid, you know, quality product. No doubt at all that this stuff is made well and will last a long time. Uh, The Surface lineup is very popular. It's especially popular in business. And it's funny, someone was telling me this last time I was on a train down to London from Glasgow, and they were saying that there was... It was actually the, the, the train manager who was telling me this. He said he used to walk up and down the aisles of the train... And all he would see were MacBooks. And then all of a sudden, it all became Surface Pros. <laughs> all of a sudden, just yeah. suddenly switched to Microsoft. Now, there is an interesting debate going on in our community, which you know I want to get into at some point uh, around the verse, Windows versus Mac debate that seems to be happening. And it's interesting, this is developing. Because we always used to have the iOS versus Android debate, right? But uh-huh. it's shifting. It's shifting now to Windows and Mac. A lot of people aren't happy with what's happening with Windows at the moment and the way that, for example, the file explorer is structured and how things are just not, it just seems to be a bit of a mess. A lot of people are terrified to move to Windows 11 because they think it's going to be a nightmare. And I think there's a lot of scare stories going on. I personally haven't had that many problems it's with it. It's
2: fine. Yeah, I mean, absolutely people, people
0: are terrified to move up. And I'm like, I, I, I think, it, you know, one of the main reasons to upgrade to Windows 11 is security. And you'll get the benefit of all the new features, especially like us, if you're using screen readers, you'll get all the benefits to go with it. So I I, I would make the move. I would get used to it because it's not like it's going away. And you just have to make the move. Well, that's right. Windows 12 is next. <laughs> although, by all accounts, that's not going to be a huge upgrade. Really? Well, not um, visually, not the way that Windows 11 was. Windows 11 had a new design. Although, and to be honest, I think, again, as a screen reader user, I didn't notice a huge difference when it came to that's Windows the key. 11.
2: We're hitting the Windows key and typing what we want to happen. Yeah, we're hitting what on what F4, on the we're hitting tab, we're hitting left and right arrow. It's, it's absolutely fine. Uh, I actually like Windows 11, I think. But, but, I, I do. but
0: there, are, there are issues, though. There are file is a bit of a mess. I think focus is a bit of an issue at the moment. It seems to be a bit all over the place, I find. It's not as really? it's not as solid as it used to be. Remember I always used to say to you one thing about a PC is that you kind of always know where you are. I've not found that as much. I lose focus on so many Windows now, more than ever. And I'd say that's probably in the last few months that I've noticed this. I don't know I, if it's no, something's I changed.
2: I haven't noticed that. I will admit, I think File Explorer. You know what it is? I've never, after all these years, felt comfortable with the ribbon-style menu system. Yeah. I just don't. I always feel like, okay, do I, do I actually use the cursor keys here or do I tab? And, you know, the, the keyboard shortcuts, as they're announced, just, uh, I don't really get. I've never felt comfortable. Whereas with a, a menu bar... File, edit, view, tools, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's so straightforward. And, yeah, when I'm using the Mac, I do like that you've always got that menu bar at the top. The ribbon, I, I, Microsoft, I've stuck with it for years and years, and I still don't really like it. Of course, you've got workarounds in, in some screen readers, like Jules, where it will present it in a certain way. But, yeah, I don't like it at all. And I think that is a problem in File Explorer. The only thing I do, I just keep tapping until I hear... Tree view that's all I need to hear, yes, and then item view that's all I care about, and sometimes I will get lost in you know search or some path or status bar, but tap 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 tap, and you're out of it, but yeah, it's all about how comfortable you feel. I think
0: I mentioned this one a couple of weeks ago that I learned about control f six so if you say you're in a Windows Edge browser or I guess even an Outlook, for example, and you get lost in amongst ribbons or whatever. You can get out of it quite easily by just hitting Control-F6, and that will bring focus back to the main window. On Outlook, it will take you back to the message list. On Edge, it will take you back into the web content. But I learned about another one the other day that I didn't know about, Windows K. Do you know that one? No. It repairs. If you've, got, if you've had a Bluetooth headset connected, it will repair with the last connected headset. So you put the headset in, it's not connecting. Windows
2: K, boom, back on. Now that's quite cool. Okay. What does a K stand for? Uh, Connect. Connect. Yeah. (laughs) Let's just go with that.
0: (laughs) Right, listen, stick around. More to come, including your feedback next.
1: This is
2: Double Tap from AMI-audio. Email us, feedback at doubletaponair.com. Call us, 877-803-4567.
0: And find us on social media, on Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air. And now on Mastodon at Double Tap. Okay, let's get to your emails and messages. Uh, Greg has got in touch with us from Philadelphia. Greg... In Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, Greg. That's what we like to call it. Uh Philadelphia.
2: Uh, you're moving Greg around. I don't know stop what it. I'm doing.
0: I know what I'm talking about. This is a problem you're trying to listen to something and speak at the same time. It doesn't work. Uh, well, Greg got in touch to talk about the cost of accessibility.
1: Before your break, Stephen related that he is often reluctant to discuss devices that are unaffordable to many. And Sean regularly complains about the high cost of specialised tech. I I think it is important to recognise that there is considerable expense in accessibility, whether mainstream tech or specialised. It's just more obvious to us in specialised tech as the cost is more obvious, but mainstream companies are very much aware of how much they spend on accessibility and how few of their customers make purchase decisions based on it. The real truth our community tends to ignore is that accessibility is not a profit generator for mainstream tech companies directly. VoiceOver from Apple, for example, came into existence solely because of a regulation that products for the US education market had to be accessible, and Apple wanted to sell in that market. A lot of companies put effort into accessibility in part to enhance their reputation, in part because it's ethically the right thing to do, and in part because of regulation, and, in part, because of pressure from advocates. Most corporations care deeply about their image and want to be seen as ethical. Some companies, such as those owned by Elon Musk and Domino's Pizza, MyPillow, among others, are very much anti-accessibility, anti-regulation, because they want to shift the corporate environment away from one in which ethical stances and actions are important in the marketplace. The difference between cost of accessibility and the price of product is who pays. Do we pay, or does everybody pay? companies spend millions on lighting accessibility for the sighted. No one thinks about lighting as accessibility for the sighted, but that is what it is. It's accepted as normal. Mr. Musk and others of his political bent are trying to change the corporate ethos that, among many other things, has made universal design and accessibility desirable to most large corporations. The blindness community needs to come to terms with this and, dare I say, be less blind to the cost of accessibility and the danger posed to it by certain political and corporate movements. Greg in Pennsylvania,
0: not Philadelphia.
2: Um, okay, thank you for that, Greg. Always interesting <laughs> to get your take on these things. I, I don't think anyone is unaware of the costs involved. Not only in you know from a, a hardware point of view when it comes to accessibility, but research and development trying to make the smartphone touchscreen interface accessible must have took a, a, a you know a, a shed load of money. Of course, I don't think anyone's unaware of that um i it is it's a point but i don't know i think legislation is the only thing that 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 forces companies to do it of course they got their own self interest as well as you mentioned about entering the education market and i've heard so many different stories about the origin of accessibility with apple whether it's the um the uh, NFB, for example, you know, uh, were the ones that pushed it forward, or it was because of the education market that they wanted to enter and legislation meaning they had to make it accessible. I'm not sure which one is actually true, but um, yeah, I think legislation is the only way to go. And there's absolutely uh, these these. The the technology is there already. The groundwork has already been done. So I think there's absolutely no reason why accessibility shouldn't be part of it. And the opinions that you gave there about political leanings and things like that, maybe, maybe true. I don't know. But I think that, that we, as a community, are really aware of the costs of accessibility. Yeah, I think I think we are more
0: awake to it than some would like to make us out to be. For sure, I mean, I, I certainly feel very aware of it. I know the stories, uh, but I also know from my own understanding of of law in this country and the the legal side of things and how laws have had to come into force. And I, I mentioned before, of course, about audio description. You know, we wouldn't have the levels of audio description in this country that we have if it wasn't for legislation. It just wouldn't be there. Legislation is is really the only way. And I know a lot of people, especially when you go to conferences, and there's lots and lots of conferences around the world that talk about these issues and they'll often talk about what's called the carrot and the stick approach you know here's the yes. benefit and now we need to get the stick out and, and really do some some you know some make some noise here for people to actually pay attention but the truth is i think the stick is the only way that really gets anything done we all like to pretend the carrot is important mm-hmm. and it makes us all feel better but you know no one's doing this to be nice they're doing it because they have to Absolutely. And, that's, and that's why I remember saying about oh, seven, eight years ago, I remember saying my worry is with even even Apple sometimes, that this is why shows like this are so important. Because we don't talk about this. If we don't remind these companies this is important, there is a risk it will go away. And I remember me laughed at when I said that. They're well, like, oh, it's no, not going to go away. Of course it's not. Are you kidding me? Yeah. If these companies didn't have to pay these people to do this, if they could find a way... To, to shave a dollar out of their, you know, and, and and put it back into their own pockets? You don't think they would do that? Of course they yeah. would. Now I'm and not look- saying any, I'm not saying Tim Cook's sitting there thinking, Oh, if this legislation would just go away, we could kill off all this accessibility. I'm not thinking that that's happening. I'm certainly yeah, not thinking was- that of Microsoft or Google, but but let's be honest about it's it. It's a business. It's a business. And also Tim Cook's not going to be there forever. And, you know, the next guy might come along and just have no interest in it. And that can be a big problem. I mean, look, I'm not going to say it's all on him, but Satya Nadella, when he came into Microsoft, you know, Satya, until very recently, sadly, you know, he had a disabled son. And, you know, that definitely will have had an impact. And it would certainly have held more weight when the accessibility teams were talking to him in meetings. You know, he would, he would have more sympathy yeah. to that subject rather than someone who had no idea. I mean, I, I want, I'd I'd love to know what happened at Apple that got it to the point where the product, where the iPhone became accessible. Because to me, Steve Jobs never came across as the guy who would have had any interest in caring about this. No. He would have been the guy. He he's about a pro. He was product guy, right? He wanted yeah. to have a nice, shiny product. And I don't know if it was ever inside his mind to make a product like this accessible until the rules came along. I have a feeling what happened was. And this is just my opinion. But I have a feeling he was sitting there. Someone said, that we've got to do this. And he said, OK, fine. And I think that's about the extent of it.
2: I agree. And, I,
0: I, and yeah. had the legislation not happened and not come in and the NFB not done the work they had done, then there would be, I don't think, any accessibility in an iPhone. And that would, of course, had have huge, have huge Knock-on repercussions yep. on all of us. Because we... we, we <laughs> well, we wouldn't have a job for a start. We wouldn't really talk about accessible tech (laughs) because we'd be sitting here talking about Braille and speak for the next 20 years.
2: Yeah, I would love that, actually. And look, we're (laughs) we're saying legislation, legislation, legislation. And Greg didn't make the point that, you know, anything against that at all. He was Mm. talking about the cost of accessibility. The point is, Greg, you always bring up a a good talking point and a good opinion. Um, But yeah, I I think... um, yeah, companies need to be forced to do things. And yes, I always do moan about the cost. Um, but I think I'm the average end user out there, to be honest. I don't, how many people can actually afford on their own, personally, a braille display? That's a huge outlay. And that, for me, sort of makes it inaccessible. And yes, then we go back to the conversation about the cost of accessibility from the manufacturer um, and who does pay for that. It's an interesting conversation. So there's a flip side to that, right? And it it came up at the Braille
0: class again, because when I was sitting for lunch with everyone afterwards, we were talking about Braille displays, and the classic line came up, which was, oh, yeah, you got the, and I won't say the name of it, because we'll start a a Braille display war, and I don't want to start that. (laughs) But, you know, I have a Braille display that I got, and the person said, ah, you see, you really should have got the other one. Now the pro- yes. Now, now that, and, and that's a fair point and a fair comment and we discussed it and that was fine, but it highlighted a bigger problem in that once you've spent the money, if you've got the money, if you've saved the money and then you've bought this thing, then you realise you've made a mistake. There's, there's no recourse now. I've spent my money. That's it. I'm stuck with it. Hmm. I can't just go and buy another one. Oh yeah, another three grand I don't have. Right. Okay. I'll just need to start saving again. Yeah, and, and this is another problem, right? So yeah, you've got the you've got that initial which, where you're sitting from, which is, I can't go out and just buy a braille display. Okay, that's one thing. But let's say you do, and then the hardware changes, and you have to get a new one. Now, the the benefit with braille displays in particular is they do have a long shelf life. They do, and that is one thing that is great about them. That today's products you can buy, you could pick up a Humanware uh, BIX Brilliant, and it is going to last you probably ten years. Right. Um, you know, I, I think the same is true for focus from the, the focus range from Freedom Scientific, uh, hymns, certainly, and others. You could, you could get a good 10, maybe even more, maybe even more than that. I mean, some of the early human wear stuff is still going strong after 20, 25 years. Yeah. So, you know, this stuff does have a long shelf life on it. So it's maybe not a fair comparison, but you get my point, right? And that, a resell price as well. And a good resell price, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting mm. one. I think the cost of accessibility, especially baked into mainstream, is is definitely something we should be aware of. And I think most people, in fairness, I think they are, Greg. I think they are. Um, okay, I want to um, I want to go to this email. This is from Lena who got in touch uh, uh, regarding our issues around. Let's just say, um, and this email is entitled "Watch Straps and Bottle Caps," which I think sounds like no. a <laughs> it's like a stereophonic song, but it's yeah. like a Disney um, film. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's hear from Lena.
1: Hello, Stephen and Sean. For those listeners who find it difficult to survive when there is no double tap, my favorite podcast app says that there is, as of August the thirtieth, four hundred eighty-nine double taps for a listening time of three hundred forty-four hours and twenty wow. minutes of listening. This oh might be enough to get you through. Smile, <laughs> Stephen. My favorite large man, Glenn, who is a high school football coach, recommends the Malayan watch bands because they are rugged and breathable. He knows about sweat. He sent me the ordering info for you, along with the colour pack he likes. He does not wear pink. And for you, Sean, at the Senior Centre, we use magic caps on the milk, water and tea jugs. You will need two AA batteries. Maria, our kitchen manager, recommends white because it's easier to keep clean. Oh. I very much enjoyed today's interview. Keep up the great entertainment. Lena.
2: Well, wait, 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 I want more on magic caps.
0: Well, I do have more because I have the link for you. Oh, beautiful. Um, Which I will send you. I'm also going to put it into the show notes. I promise I will. I know I say things like this and then never do. I will put it into the show notes, okay?
2: I will. No guarantees. Yes, okay. No
0: guarantees at all. Uh, But actually, Lena, you cost me money because I bought the the watch straps. As soon as you sent the link to me, I bought them. Uh, So I now have, it would appear, 8 million watch straps (laughs) because it's like a pack of different colours. And... um, Ira and I, that's my new friend, uh, we went through the colours. I picked out, I think, the one that was closest to pink for my wife. She was very impressed by this because uh, she wanted one as well. Really nice. Oh, it's perfect because it's, it's elastic. So it just goes mm. round. It's just like a nice fabric elastic. It goes round your wrist and it doesn't slide down your wrist when you sweat.
2: Perfect. So it's not silicone. It's not no. plastic. It's just a text. it's style. not
0: leather because we hate, we know Mother Nature yes. would hate Leather,
2: that. no more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And how much were those? Oh, do you know what? I
0: can't even remember. I think it was like, I don't know. I was. I'll, I say $15 or something. It wasn't a lot. A
2: fair price. It yeah, was well, cool. a lot
0: cheaper than you'd pay for the... Uh, yes. For the yes. Apple ones. <laughs>
2: That's yeah. for
0: sure. Uh, and of course, the good thing is, and this makes me feel even better because now the new Apple Watch stuff is out, and I have no interest in the Ultra Watch 2 or the Series 9. I'm quite happy with my Apple Ultra Watch as it is. So, you know, I don't have to worry about changing it.
2: You'll make do. Yes. I'll survive. I'll survive. <laughs> <I'll> survive. <laughs> now, while we're here, sorry, the Ultra that you've got has the action button already. Have you played around with that? Yeah, I tried it with
0: Voice Nakan, which is the Lady A app. Yes. Um, you have to you have to it's a bit finicky. You gotta set it up with a shortcut first on yes. the Mac and then you gotta or on the phone actually, you can do it on the phone. Um and then you once you set up the shortcut, then you have to enable that. But it's it's a little bit finicky because voiceover talks all over it. It's because it's not intended to work in this way that you press ah. the button and then essentially Lady A is listening to you. Uh-huh. But the problem is that voiceover's talking all over that. So, you have to, to me, it felt a bit finicky. It didn't work, work the way I kind of hoped. If it was possible to set up it a way where it almost didn't speak, but you can't, you can't get into that kind of granularity of verbosity. Per
2: app? Can you do a per, per app, app on you the app? But, but if you silenced it completely, then it wouldn't talk at all. So well, Can you silence voiceover when voice in a can? Well, you can is mute launched. it, I
0: suppose. You can mute it before you launch it. That's one way of doing it. You yeah, but could you do that in a off. shortcut? I don't know. Actually, Mm. that's a point. So, we can maybe add that in.
2: I wondered if you had the same functionality that they demoed in the iPhone 15, where you could, in the settings, you can set that action button to, say, voice memos, open up voice memos on the Apple Watch. Do you get the same? Yes, you can do that. Yeah. You can do all Ah, that. But but, uh, the difference, from my understanding
0: anyway, you can't choose multiple things. It's pretty much just set to one thing. You can go into the settings and change it. But it's not as clean, I think, as the way you can with the action button on the iPhone 15 Pro.
2: I can see someone creating a whole slew, again, mm-hmm. of shortcuts. I mean, there's no reason you couldn't set up a shortcut that would bring up a menu to choose um, you know, whatever function yeah, which, what, you want. Yeah, what do you
0: want? Yeah. yeah, that would be ideal, actually. Yeah, just a, just almost like a list of favorite, Yeah, not so much apps, but shortcuts. Yeah, so recorder voice notes. Start up the Lady A app or whatever it is you wanted, you know.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, okay.
2: Cool. I yeah, was just wondering.
0: Interesting. Um, okay. So uh, before we go, actually, ten minutes. I keep forgetting we've got more time we got than we. We've more think time.
2: We do. Well, let me jump in here because oh, I want to. I want to put out a uh, request for our lovely listeners. Oh. Yesterday, I thought I'm going to sort out my slew of um, soundscapes that I've got on my phone now. So. <laughs> Before I, I got rid of the original Microsoft Soundscape, because it only works in offline mode now, I want to export my markers and my routes. So someone had told me you just export a route and that's how you save all your markers. Because I, I looked through it and I couldn't find the export functionality or feature anywhere in any of the apps, actually. So I opened up the original Microsoft uh, Soundscape. I went to routes and then I went to the routes tab at the bottom right and create a new route. And when you do that, you give it a name and then you add all your markers. So I've got, you know, start uh, entrance to the field, like the bench, uh, the poop bin, everything. So I selected every marker that I had created. And then there's uh once you do that and hit done, you can swipe up and down on that route to share it. Great. So I got that far, perfect. But every time I shared it, you can. Uh, I emailed it to myself. I saved it into files, so I've got a copy of the actual file itself. You open it in another soundscape app, such as you know the one from Scottish Tech Army or Soundscape Communities, or even Voice Vista, or even Share from the original Microsoft Office uh, Office Microsoft Soundscape. Share that route directly into those apps, and it opens up the app, but nothing happens. I am unable to get those routes imported anywhere else. Can anyone point me in the right direction? How do you save your markers? At this point, I'm thinking it's gonna be quicker just to recreate them on the app, but there must be a way to do it.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, I must admit, I've not played around as much. I was I was saying this the other day, you know, when I was out in town, I ended up just going straight back to Ira to, to get whatever information I needed. Because the problem is, is I, I think this is the issue for me with a lot of these apps, is not so much the soundscape actually, because soundscape is a little bit different to this. But in terms of navigation apps, I often find the challenge being that it's the in-the-moment reality of using them. You know, you yes. want to get somewhere, yeah. you really don't have a lot of time to mess around. Especially if you're standing in the middle of, say, Edinburgh city centre during the Edinburgh Festival, where there's about eight million tourists standing around you. You've got a lot of noise, parties absolutely. going on, a clown going, ha, 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 you know, or whatever it is they're doing. Um, and that, that's all great and wonderful. And it's like, you know, I really, really love The Clown Show, but could you just give me a minute? Because I'm trying to get this app to tell me how to get over there and I can't hear a thing. Um, so no, you're absolutely right. You know, you have that in the moment thing, and this is where I find a challenge. Soundscape is a bit different because it's navigating you to a specific place. I mean, I would use Soundscape, for example, at the end of my route, when I'm coming to coming off at of public transport, to a location. So I was going to a hotel a couple of weeks back. That's what I did. I came off the bus and I was m- navigating to the hotel and it was able to find mm. as close to the door as it possibly could. Um, yeah. At least it found the building. Although, you know, again, that was a laugh because uh, I got to the hotel, couldn't find a way in. And um, oh, I, was, I, and I was in Edinburgh, right? So I can say this, that, you know, you'll probably know where I am if you know Edinburgh, but I was, uh, I, I walked in and... <laughs> I heard the weirdest sound and I knew I'd clearly taken the wrong direction. It appeared I had gone from uh, Scotland to Kenya in about three steps. Oh. Because I could hear lions and various animals. (laughs) And I'm thinking, I know the Edinburgh Zoo's around here somewhere. (laughs) Clearly I'm now in it. Um, So I had to turn back and look, the, the entrance to the hotel was like across the road I'm trying to get into the zoo and you know these people are sort of welcoming me and I'm like I don't want to go to the zoo <laughs> have you got put a me room later. for one <laughs> <laughs> put me in with those pandas they seem nice <laughs> but uh, yeah I to, but it's just because I used- again you don't know where you are right? so you, you're literally across the road from somewhere
2: and you, know, you could be a million miles away that, that's where I would use something like Aira right? uh, GPS things like that get me in a general direction but I'm loving Soundscape as I said look, when, I, when I'm taking the dog out I can there's a path through the park Right, and you follow that, and that's absolutely fine. Don't need any help. But if I want to go onto the actual fields, you know, with, with the dog, I, I, it's so easy to get disorientated. You need those you know, markers. You need those So I, there's a bench in the middle of the path. So if I set that as a beacon, at least I know. Okay, that's now directly in front of me. Thanks to the 3D audio, yeah. and I can walk towards it. And bang, I know exactly where I am. I have got my bearings back, and it's so useful for that. So if we could short, sort out this share feature, <laughs> I'd be really interested. So let me know feedback at doubletaponair.com. I, I did on, watch the yeah. I did watch the YouTube video by the way from Microsoft on how to create roots and share roots. Um, but again. Doesn't work in the current versions for some reason.
0: I um I think that we should have a discussion here about the number of soundscapes that are out there. So there's now three, right? You've got Soundscape, you've got Soundscape community, and you've got Voice Vista. Yes. Do we like that idea? Because I'll be honest, I think there's there's going to be a level of distrust somewhere at some point. Because what happens is if there's too many different apps, and like you're saying, with all these markers and things you start working on. I don't want to have to go through all this again, with you know another app when one fails or one moves away or one joins the other, and I think maybe there needs to be a bit of a serious conversation between the, almost like can all these groups get into one room and just have a conversation with each other and say, look, let's all band together on this, or you know maybe it's time for this one to go or for this one to because I just feel there's there's a danger here. We're all they're all doing the same thing. They're all running off the same code. So there's no difference really between them. They might all want to go different directions in the end, but they're dividing core of it is resources,
2: the same. right? Well, is, it's, it's not as much the dividing
0: resources. It's just I don't imagine they're all going to survive. And if they don't all survive, then again, someone's in a position where they've spent time and effort building up markers, doing all the things, getting used to this app, get, feeling comfortable with it, and then bang, it's gone. And no, no, you, know, you don't want to be on that soundscape. You want to be on this soundscape. And it's like, oh, come on. And this is what puts people off this kind of stuff because they just think I can't be bothered with this so I uh, do think there's, I, I, there's a I lot do. of a reckoning with this stuff you know I think we've got, to, we've got to start being a bit smart and it's not like these companies or these organisations couldn't get together they all know who each other are so maybe they all just get in a room and figure this out because I think I, it would, that's, that would be the best for us as in the community in yes, my view so
2: when it comes down to sustainability and yeah. future proofing absolutely I do look I, I do have that feeling right now but I'm really interested to see what comes out in the next update to all of these apps. Are they going to add some features where I think this is this is the way to go? Voice Vista at the minute has some really interesting functions in it that the others don't. So we will wait and see. Uh, listen, that's it for today. And don't
0: forget, we are on Access Tech Live, which you can catch on YouTube and on AMI TV as well as the AMI app as well. 12 noon Eastern every Thursday from now until, well, they cancel us. I think that's how it works. Um, and the ideas into his head. But as for us, we are back tomorrow with even more. And of course, the Express at the weekend. Lots of headlines for Grace to get into at the weekend. And uh, an interesting conversation with Lego coming up as well. Well, not no. with Lego directly, because you can't speak to Lego. One thing I've learned about Lego is it doesn't talk. I but uh, I can talk to CNIB <laughs> who are selling it. That coming up on Double Tap. We'll catch you tomorrow.
2: Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Bye bye.